The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? No disciple is superior to his teacher. But when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove that splinter in your eye, when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye? You hypocrite! Remove the wooden beam from your eye first. Then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor do they gather grapes from brambles. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good, but an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart The mouth speaks. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord Most of us here are familiar with that religious order in the church known as the Trappists. They are a community that leads an austere life, monastic life, separated from the world as we know it. They speak Rarely. They lead a life of silence, prayer, penance, and manual labor. The world doesn't understand them. It doesn't seem to make any sense to the world in which we live. There was a great bishop by the name of Bishop Favier, Favier. He was the Bishop of Peking in those days when the church was just beginning to evangelize China in a serious way. Here's what he said about the Trappists. I want Trappists. I even desire them to abstain from all exterior ministry in order that nothing may distract them from the work of prayer, penance, and sacred studies. For I well know what a help will be given to our missionaries by the existence of our poor Chinese people. Later on, here's what he said. 
we have succeeded in penetrating into a district hitherto unapproachable. I attribute this fact to our dear Trappists. Here's what another bishop in China said about the Carmelites. Ten Carmelite nuns praying will be of greater help to me than 20 missionaries preaching. I remember hearing a bishop once talk about a visit he had made to that part of New York City known as Hell's Kitchen. It's a difficult part of New York City, I'm told. He was speaking to the pastor there, and he said to the pastor, how many of these storefronts here would you say are abandoned and burned out? He said, oh, about half. Back in the 60s and early 70s, there were a lot of priests and nuns who came here who wanted to work. They'd read all the right books, and they wanted to be involved. Remember the word involvement? Hardly ever hear it anymore. Very big word back in the 60s and 70s. Everyone wanted to be involved. They didn't want to do just parish ministry anymore, or schools, or hospitals. And he said, they came, but because they had no real spiritual lives, They all left. If they had been people really who were people of prayer, if they'd had a devotion to the Blessed Sacrament, if they made the daily holy hour, they would have lasted. But they didn't. What is that then distinction? How do we deal with prayer, the spiritual life, and the social gospel? Is there a tension? There shouldn't be. In the minds of some people, though, there is. Today's gospel speaks of this, about the blind leading the blind. First of all, becoming holy ourselves before we deal with others. Good trees bearing good fruit and rotten trees bearing rotten fruit. The spiritual life and the active life are for most of us things that exist in a certain balance. Most of us are not called to be Trappists. Most of us, on the other hand, aren't called to be full-time social workers. So there were those who would say, my life is a life of prayer. All right. There were those who would say, and this was a popular statement, my work is my prayer. Really? Yes, I don't really need a formal prayer life because my work is my prayer. Is that so? Is that the gospel? If you and I are people of great devotion, as we should be, if we have a really deep, powerful prayer life, as we ought to, things will change. But there shouldn't be that tension between the pious person who prays and the active person who is out there working on the social gospel. They are elements that must be part of every person's life, except those people who are called, again, to some unique part by way of prayer. But that's the, in the church, that's considered to be the highest form of life, the contemplative life. Um, to which, as I said, few are called, but upon which the whole church is dependent. Once again, I would remind you that there are two patron saints of the missions. St. Francis Xavier is one, who was a great missionary, uh, incredible. They said he baptized 50,000 people. His right arm is preserved. And in the, one of the Jesuit churches, and I'm not sure whether it's the Jesu of St. Ignatius. Um, and 
He was a very hard worker. The other one, of course, is St. Therese of Lisieux, who was a Carmelite nun who never left the convent. She is also one of the patron saints of the missions because the missions were dependent upon her, as the bishop said to us. Ten Carmelite nuns can do more good than 20 priests preaching. And so we then have to examine our own lives. If we are people who do not have a serious prayer life, we will be the blind leading the blind. We may think we're quite wonderful, we may do all kinds of what appear to be good things, but the effects will be minimal, if at all, and the effects won't be ours, they'll be God's in spite of us, not because of us. Uh, How often that's the case. Um, So our Lord then tells us that only when the disciple is fully trained, in his case, that meant being in his presence. In his presence. Then the disciple will be like his teacher, but only after being in the presence of the teacher. And then he speaks about, again, our, our own holiness being the determinant about whether or not we can help other people. He says, uh, remove the wooden beam from your eye first, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. Your own spiritual life must be what it ought to be or you cannot help anyone. And then you cannot bear good fruit unless you also have that spiritual life. He says, people do not pick figs from thorn bushes. We can be a thorn bush, you know. They do not gather grapes from brambles. So we then are faced with the reality of our own as a prayer life. But above all, the time we spend with the Master. I've quoted many times different people what they had to say about the Eucharist uh, as being the center of every person's devotional life and from which we receive the great power to really begin to change the world. As that priest said in Hell's Kitchen, if they had made a holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament every day, they would have been able to do what they came to do. They wouldn't have left. They would have stayed. But they didn't have the power. Our Lord asked the apostles to do one thing for him on the night he went out for his passion. To spend one hour in prayer with him. One hour. And they slept. As a result, they didn't have the power to remain with him when the, when the moment came. They all deserted him and fled because they hadn't spent the hour. Now, I'm not saying we can all do that. Most of us can't. But we need to have that prayer life, that element of prayer, is the very center part of our lives. I suppose most of us, I have an advantage. I live in in a rectory. I can have a chapel with the Blessed Sacrament present. Uh, That's something that I give thanks to God for. I don't know whether you have a place in your house where you can actually go and be alone with the Lord for a while, Uh, either alone or, again, as a family often. But that is an essential part of our lives. I've quoted St. Therese of Lisieux at least three times since I've been here. Um, and I'll make it at least a fourth um, by reminding you of what she said to priests. She said, every priest should make a daily holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament, except busy parish priests, and they should make two. She knew what she was talking about. I don't think most of us have gotten to the point of two, but I think a lot of us realize the importance of one. Then, again, we have something to take out. Then we're no longer blind, because we see it with the eyes of the Lord, not just with our own eyes. Uh, then we've been with the teacher, and then we can cast the wooden beam out of our own eye, and then we can bear the fruit that we are meant to bear, but we cannot do it on our own. 
So if you sometimes think to yourself, I have failed, you're right. I have because the grace of God was not part of what I was doing. But if the grace of God is, I need not fail. I need not fear anything uh, except my own ego. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always strive for a deep relationship to our Lord Jesus Christ in order to do the work needed to be done, especially the Church suffering, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they may turn to God in prayer in order to change the world in which they live, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may know that in their suffering they are offering prayer to God. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have been distant from prayer, we pray to the Lord. For an end to abortion and euthanasia in all of its forms, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and religious life, those young men and women will be visible signs of God's presence in our world. For a greater reverence for the presence of God in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For all those working on our project, that they will be safe during the course of this project, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that first of all, being people of prayer, they may then be zealous missionaries, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our lives will reflect the prayer in our lives and the Eucharist we receive, we pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the seat of wisdom as we sing. <laughs> 